I'm Katie. And I'm Steve. And this is the City of Reading Podcast. For the City Council update this week, we have a few new voices helping us break down the topics covered in the meeting. As usual, Kim Niemer, Director of Community Services and Acting Development Service Director, gives an update, but this week she gives it on the consent calendar items that passed. And what the heck is a consent calendar anyways? The consent calendar contains items considered routine and or which have been individually scrutinized by committee members and require no further deliberation. And then we also have Dan Beans, Director of REU, who gives an update on the additional efforts that were passed for COVID-19 relief in the community. And Police Chief Bill Schuler talks about the police raises that passed and why those are important to our police recruiting efforts here in Reading. For full details on each one of the items covered or to watch the meeting online, visit cityofreading.org. There are a few steps involved to navigate to the video link, but we will walk you through that at the end of the recap. For any questions, suggestions, or comments, please email podcast at cityofreading.org. Hi, this is Kim Niemer, the Director of Community Services, and here with a update and a report out on the City Council meeting on the consent agenda item. So we had actually some really good news to report out. The City Council accepted money. million of a grant for development of affordable housing project. And this will be done in conjunction with Hill Country Clinic, the new project they're building next to their new clinic off Churn Creek Road by the post office and grocery outlet project. So that project got $2.3 million in funding to help make that project come to bear. And it's it's well underway. The city council also sent the tree ordinance to the planning commission for review. There's an interest in taking a look at tree preservation in future developments. And so the planning commission will tackle that in the next few months. The city council also accepted almost $40,000 in grant funds from the California Department of Boating and Waterways. And this is a grant the recreation department's gotten several years now. And it will subsidize the cost of some of our water safety programs and fund a life jacket giveaway. So look for that about end of the month. In addition, they allocated some park funding for several new projects. One is called the Canyon Hollow Project, and that will be a new trail between the Country Heights Ridge View and the future West Ridge subdivision on the west side of Redding. So $40,000 towards that. And that's also a partnership with the California Conservation Corps. For those volleyball enthusiasts, the council authorized repurposing a few horseshoe pits into two sand volleyball courts. And we're also working with community partners to do that. And we expect that work to be done in the next 60 days. And then also some more state grants, good news to report out. The Public Works Department received funding over $2 million to improve the West Street Area School Project. And that is to improve sidewalks and crossing lanes for West Street from Eureka Way to 7th Street, as well as Magnolia Avenue, north and south of Eureka Way, 11th Street, 9th, 10th, and 8th Street. So those of you that go to UPrep or Shasta High School, Magnol- or Manzanita, well familiar with the high traffic in that area. And so hopefully this will be an improvement, especially for our walkers and bikers. And that concludes my report. Hi, this is Dan Beans, the Director of Reading Electric Utility. Last night at the council meeting, the council approved our Community Comprehensive Assistance Program. And that includes several 
ways that we can help our customers. One of the ways is that we ask for more money from future public benefits to help provide CARES money to income qualified and people that are struggling with their utility bills. Uh, right now, our current guidelines are, are pretty strict on the income level. And so we ask for permission to raise that to the federal guidelines for CARES. And so that will actually provide money to people that just didn't qualify before. And so we were very happy about that. We also got permission to amortize commercial accounts for up to five years. Previously, they said we could do it to two years, but now we're able to go to five years. So that'll really help some of the restaurants and other businesses that are struggling to be able to amortize their past due bills for up to five years. If you're a residential customer, you can amortize your outstanding utility bill and you can do that for 24 months. What that is, is a essentially a two-year interest-free loan. And so it basically takes your balance owed, divides it by 24 and adds that amount to your monthly bills going forward for the next two years. So you'll end up, you pay back the money you owe, but you do it in smaller increments and with no interest. And so for a commercial customer, they'll be able to take their outstanding balance and convert that into 60 monthly payments. That'll just add onto the regular bill and allow them to catch up more easily than having a, a big chunk to pay back. And the other part we're doing is really boots on the ground. We're going to be putting people out in the field, talking to our customers that are delinquent and helping them make sure they have access to not only REU and city funds, but also state and federal programs. And so we will have access to those programs. We'll have applications for those programs and we will help them fill those applications out, make sure they get their eligibility complete. And so that should be a huge help to those who are struggling. Really, it was a, a really great program and uh, it's great to have council support so we can get out there and continue to help our customers. My name is Bill Schuler, and I am the Reading Police Chief. Council meeting Tuesday night, the council on a 4-1 vote approved a contract amendment for the Reading Peace Officers Association. It's equivalent to an immediate 5% pay increase, a 1.5% pay increase in July, which is also at the same time they'll pay an additional 1.5% in their CalPERS contribution, their retirement contribution. There's another 7% raise in September of this year and they'll pay another 2% towards their retirement contribution. And then the following year, September 2021, there's another 7% raise and a 2% contribution, additional contribution towards PERS. And then the contract ends a year later. Important to note that the PERS contribution by law, they're only they can only pay a maximum of 12% PERS, 12% towards their of their salary towards their retirement contribution. So this is a voluntary for them to do this additional contribution. Couldn't be imposed on them. It had to be something they agreed to. And yes, there is a cost, a swap, a raise for that, but this is lifetime. So after the contract expires, this 17.5%, which is equivalent to half the normal cost of their retirement, this is forever and they will always pay this. And if the economy changes or the city goes through drastic changes and loses tax dollars, they'll still have this 17.5% in place, even if they were have to do you know, no pay raises for years to come or something to that effect, that 17.5% and that 50% cost sharing would be there. And this, they're the first bargaining unit in the city to do something like this. Uh, so it, it's a win for the city. It's a win for the bargaining unit to to do this because it's a good it's a goodwill measure to the taxpayers. So I'm happy that they are doing that. 
There's also some incentives in their contract for education and continuing professional training. I am, that's something that I lobbied for, for in this contract. I want our officers to be the most educated and well-trained officers in the North state. So there is incentive for them to go and finish their bachelor's degrees if they don't already have them, get a master's degree and get those advanced professional certificates. And then we also have financial incentive for, uh, for fitness that we are working on. We have 90 days to kind of finalize what that program will look like. And then there'll be a small financial incentive for them to pass some fitness tests on an annual or biannual basis. But all in all, a good package. Uh, these guys haven't had a raise in, in several years. And now that city of Anderson and the county of Shasta have given substantial contract increases, had we not done this, they would be making more than my staff. And I know we would lose some of my staff to those other agencies due to that pay discrepancy. And, and frankly, the workload is completely different. The Reading police officers are far busier than the sheriff's offices and Anderson. And they, in my opinion, should be compensated for that workload and the type of work that they do. Chief, I had a question with it. You mentioned the financial incentive for the, for the fitness piece of it. So just, just so I'm clear, so you're saying if, essentially if they pass a fitness test biannually with kind of certain, you know, scores or, or capabilities or whatnot, they, then they receive an additional, you know, as part of that package, they receive additional dollars if they can pass the test. Is that kind of how? Yeah. And again, I don't, I, we haven't ironed out the specifics of it yet, but in concept there would be, yeah, either a couple times a year, or maybe we do it quarterly. We're not sure they would have to take a, a fitness test if they want to participate in the program and the standards would would change slightly based on on the age of the officer, like we do for SWAT testing, fitness testing. Like for example, uh, if there's a run involved, they might get an extra 15 or 20 seconds to complete the run if they're over age 40 or something like that. So we haven't worked out the specifics, but yeah, they would get a basically a one-time cash incentive for maintaining a certain fitness level if they were to pass those, those tests. And again, it's it's still conceptual and we'll we'll kind of finalize that in the next we have 90 days to do it. So we'll be working on that. And I wanted to ask a question about something that has kind of popped up online. Some people were saying online that the Reading Police Department has some of the highest paid officers in the nation. Is that is that technically true? And where would they be getting this information? How would how would they know this? No, that is factually incorrect. What happens is a lot of folks get um, information through Transparent California and they look at salaries and then benefits associated with those salaries and then compare them from one agency to other and, and say, oh, look how look at the difference these folks are making. But the city provides more information as on salaries and benefits of employees than other departments do. Uh, so, and so, for example, they include things like, you know, payments into Medicare, the end used to include the unfunded liability for PERS, which is no longer the case. And, and so that would inflate those salaries to look higher than they really are. If you go back and look at the staff report that was used for the um, given to council, it outlines what the approximate cost or the comparison cities are making. So the city does a, um, a 10 city comparison during negotiations and they're used throughout the city, not just for police, but for other bargaining units as well. And it includes cities like Chico and Davis and Woodland. Fairfield's in there. They're always on the high end, but there's a total of 10. Lodi, mostly Central Valley cities. 
but Anderson and the sheriff's office have never been included in those because their salaries were so low, it really skewed the numbers. But after they, they got these significant pay raises uh, in excess of 30% in one case, the city added those two agencies in there because it now is relevant to if the uh, local agencies that we normally recruit from are now making more money than our own staff. Uh, so those are all included in that, that 12 city uh, and the city of Reading, our officers are making on the lower end of those 12 cities, of the average of all of those. And, and we're comparing apples and apples. We're not just comparing, you know, the base salary of an officer versus the base salary of an officer. We're including how much they pay towards their PERS, how much they pay for health insurance, uh, what the annual cost of living is there based on housing costs. So all of those factors are taken into place when these um, salary studies are done. And again, the city, our officers were making on that lower third of that overall salary survey. And Chief, you you touched on it a little bit in the council meeting with regard to kind of recruitment strategy and recruitment efforts. What have you found as a department have been the most effective ways to recruit new officers? And also kind of where do you see that going with additional uses of technology or kind of key recruiting strategies? Are, Are there new things that the department will be trying moving forward to recruit these officers in addition to the, to the pay raise? Well, yeah, traditionally the Reading Police Department is recruited mostly by word of mouth by employees that are here that are recommending the Reading Police Department to friends and people they meet in training classes and and other areas. That's kind of how the best way to recruit is. and, And that's been the most effective. We do give our officers a, a $500 incentive to recommend somebody to hire. And if the city does hire that person, they get that $500. We are looking at increasing that incentive to make that even more palatable for our officers and, and maybe do something where they get a more sizable incentive that is also dependent on them passing either training or probation or something like that. So that's one thing we're going to look at. You know, a lot of the officers, especially the lateral officers that come up here, they come up here because they have some relationship to Shasta County, whether they have either extended family here or they're, um, you know, maybe they were born or raised here or they're marrying into a family up here and they want to come home or be closer to these fa- their family members. So that's a large draw. And then the others are recruiting, as I said before, from the other local agencies. And we've traditionally recruited from... Uh, the sheriff's office from Anderson, from Chico, Red Bluff, Tehama County, uh, because we were the highest paid agency among all of those those uh, agencies. And so we would be able to recruit their best and brightest. So that obvi- for obvious reasons, as the salary schedules were changing for the agencies around us, it was important for us to remain competitive. So we didn't lose folks to those agencies. And then also... Um, you know, still be able to pull pull them over here. The other things we've tried are targeted advertising for those areas that have been defunded or they are laying off officers, everything from Seattle and Portland down to Southern California. What we find is they stay, even though they may be getting laid off, is they want to stay closer to home. So they're moving from the bigger departments and they're moving into the smaller cities around where they work now. So we need to find a way to try and lure them to Shasta County. Pay and benefits that are competitive goes a long way towards that. And then also showing them what Shasta County has to offer outside of that. I mean, our housing prices are lower than most of those areas 
although that is has changed in the last year. They have grown exponentially. So we're looking at those things. We do have a recruiting team that we can send to various academies, to colleges, to high schools, to areas like that to try and you know, try and recruit people into this field. But you have to understand if we, we recruit in high schools, there's you know a college, we're hoping that they go to college and then come back at the end of their college career. And so you're still, you're looking at, you know, six years down the road, five, six years down the road before those folks would come to work for you anyway. So recruiting in academies has been another method uh, or in current college classes. Academies have been hard because the way hiring is right now throughout the nation through and the state especially is it's very hard. Every agency is going through the same difficulties of recruiting police officers at this time. And so the ones that are at the academy are usually already hired and working for another agency. So you're left with just a few, a handful that are non-sponsored. And so we're all competing, going down there and talking to them and all competing trying to, to take whatever's left uh, and see if they want to come apply for us. So it's, it's a, it is a difficult process. We're hoping to expand our online recruiting as far as our advertising, showing what the city has to offer now with these increased financial incentives for coming here by, you know, through a recruiting webpage. We have an existing recruiting video that we've been using and it works really good. Maybe in the academies or in uh, high schools or other job fairs, it works, but it is dated. And so we're going to work on freshing that thing up and making it better and trying to draw outside of that core group. So right now, that as I said, we're trying to draw the attention of people that already might be interested in law enforcement. I want to try and draw people that maybe are going to college for a career. They're not quite sure where they want to go yet, or maybe they're in the military and they're getting ready to get out. And we can use that with those military transfer career folks and maybe get them to come up, you know, transition out of the military and into the police work. So there's a a few avenues that we'll be working on over the next few months to try and increase our recruiting because we do have 11 positions open as of today. And as a department of 109 authorized, that's a big chunk of positions that we need to fill. And if you were going to pitch Reading to somebody who was considering it or somebody who is considering, you know, they're coming out of the military and considering being a police officer, why is Reading a good place to do that? What makes Reading special in that sense? Well, there's several things. So we can talk about the area. We all, Shasta County is well known for its outdoor recreation, you know, hunting, fishing, kayaking, boating, you name it, right? That's always a big draw. We are well known for our uh, high-performing schools. We are a safe community overall. While we do have crime here, and like every other city, our crime rate continues to decline in a lot of areas, and, and violent crime is not nearly what it is in some places. We have a very progressive police department with a lot of opportunities. We are progressing in technology. We have specialty assignments and programs that are available to officers as they progress in their careers. So they can go into traffic and ride motors. They can go to SWAT They can go to detectives. We have the neighborhood police unit and the newly expanded downtown bike team, which we'll be filling soon that we uh, riding bicycles in our downtown area that in our parks and our trails. And that's the other thing that we have rapid growth in the city of Reading right now and an amazing downtown that's developing. It's going to, going to really change the look of our city for the better. And it's a pretty exciting time to be up here. We anticipate about 16 retirement eligible you know, potential vacancies over the next couple of years or sooner. And so folks coming now have the opportunity to have immediate 
uh, seniority, which is always important for police officers as they pick shift schedules and days off and vacations. And so we'll be doing a lot of hiring over the next couple of years and come now and get started on the ground early and you'll be, uh, you'll be picking your shifts before you know it. So there's a lot of, lot of advantages to coming up here. We do a lot of training and advanced training for our officers. We send our officers to schools out of the area for training. We have a brand new training center for public safety here, the Shield Training Center through Shasta College. So there's a lot, there's a lot of opportunities for advancement, for additional training, and our pay is for the area is is good. And uh, you can live comfortably and send your kids to safe schools and enjoy all of Reading and Shasta County has to offer. Going back to the raise itself, why is the city doing one raise now uh, as opposed to incremental raises each year to keep up with inflation? The contract for the Reading Peace Officers Association expired almost a year ago. And because of COVID-19, they decided to hold off on any negotiations, both the city and, and the POA, to see where the city landed financially at year's end after going through the this pandemic. And luckily for the city overall, our taxes in sales tax and in property tax and other areas have exceeded expectations. We had some downfall in the transient occupancy tax because our hotels haven't been filled. But other than that, we've done pretty well. And so the opportunity presented itself to give them that immediate raise now, since they've been out of contract for a year and haven't had a raise since 2017, and, and get that started now. Some agencies will do contracts and they'll they'll do back pay back to when the contract expired. The city didn't do that, and the association didn't request that, to my knowledge. And so that's why they get one raise now, and then they get that small incremental raise for a purse swap in June, and then another raise in, in where the contract normally would have came up anyway in September, and then a year later. So that's why that happened that way. And then just. Lastly, to, to finish up, is there anything that you'd like to touch on or, or say about the raises or about the police department in general to the community that you haven't already covered? Well, I'll say this. So in the private sector, there's always equity studies, salary equity studies for a variety of positions. And you recruit and hire in the private sector based on the folks that are available for the positions, what they're paying elsewhere. And you're always trying to make that that balance. It seems to be more of a challenge in the public sector to do that because, frankly, people don't like to see their taxes go up, uh, and I understand that. But the same thing happens. We have to recruit the best and brightest folks in police work, just like you would in the private sector for you know nursing jobs or teachers or anything else like that. You want to be competitive and hire the best people. When you lower your standards because you have lower salaries and you can't recruit the same standard of, of employees or the same education levels or things like that, then that's when you run into problems. Uh, agencies run into problems with lawsuits and personnel issues. So this always will pay off in the long run when you have competitive salaries and, and you can recruit, I keep using that, the best and the brightest to your, to your agency. And that's my goal. As a reminder, to find the video link, just follow these steps. 
Step one, at the bottom of the City of Reading homepage, click the button labeled Meetings and Agendas. Step two, once this page opens, click the tab at the top of the page labeled Meeting Videos. Step three, under the Available Archives section, click Reading City Council, and there will be a list of meetings with video links on the right-hand side of the page. Step four, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show.